You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 318, Spirit, Soul, and Body, How Healthy Are You? Part 2. So we uh, we started this series last week. We're talking about our our health, our spiritual health, the, the health of our soul, our minds, as we'll talk about today, and then our physical health and how important that is. And this is really, um, I think for some of us, this has become very, very important over the last year and a half because... In some cases, you've been locked in. Uh, gyms were closed for months. Mine was closed for several months, and I was having to kind of, you know, modify how I worked out and got exercise. It was tough. People dealing with spiritual issues, emotional issues, mental issues, and so sometimes it's good to uh, to get a little checkup. I try and go to the doctor once a year and get a physical, and uh, you know, it's good to maybe look. Just take a look inside. We don't want to spend too much time there, but take a look inside, see how we're doing spiritually and other ways as well. And the, the verse that we're pulling from uh, for this series is 1 Thessalonians 5.23. It says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So um, great verse talking about our spirit, soul, and body. There's some others that do that as well. And the, the, the thing that Paul is wishing for here is that the Christians in Thessalonica would be sanctified. That's that part uh, of our salvation that's taking place for the rest of our lives. Of course, um, the, the theological phrase justified takes place instantly when we come to Christ, but sanctification is us working our salvation out for the rest of our lives. And so we're going to spend some time talking about that today. So what is your soul? Last time we talked about our spirit and and how the our spirit is that part of us that communicates with God it's that part of us that's made in God's image today we're talking about our soul uh, most theologians most theologians and scholars would define the soul as being composed of our mind our will and our emotions so we're going to talk about those today the the mind the will and the emotions and you may find some differing opinions on these but this is this is what most people hold to of course we said last week there's some that hold to the the triune being that we're a we're, we're a body and a soul and um, I I believe the scripture teaches that we're a triune being you are a spirit you have a soul you live in a body so let's talk about the soul and and see how um, how how healthy we are, how and how we can even stay healthy moving into the future. First of all, our minds. <clears throat> you know, our minds are interesting things. They play tricks on us. Um, we we have this this constant conversation going on in our heads. We all have that soundtrack that's talking to us. You know about different things. Uh, we have conversations in our head. Our minds are are a very powerful powerful thing. It runs the rest of your your life. Um, you know, no temptation takes place apart from our minds. No great ideas just happen um, 
but it starts in our mind, and then we work it out physically how we're going to do this great thing. And, you know, as a Christian, when you come to Christ, uh, your spirit, as we said, is saved instantly, but your mind is being saved. It's being renewed. And that's why Paul tells us in Romans 12, 1 and 2 to uh, be transformed by having our our minds renewed. Be transformed by having our minds renewed. And that's where true change comes. You know, if you, you talk to somebody that's struggling with something, some type of an addiction or some type of bad habit, it, it, it really goes back to reprogramming ourselves. And there's, I don't want to simplify it, there's more to it than that, especially with addiction, but ultimately we want to create good habits and we want to reprogram the way we think. So we, when we talk about our mind um, as Christians, the first thing we have to do is, is really look and see how we're doing on renewing our minds. What are we filling our hard drive with? Um, if we don't spend time putting, uh, inputting healthy things, then we can't be surprised when unhealthy things come out. If all I'm doing is watching um, bad shows or looking at bad stuff on the computer or reading bad stuff or you know, hearing negative things, um, you know, it's going to create negative things inside of me. So I want to put healthy things inside my mind. God's Word, great messages, great music. Um, it's not that we don't enjoy TV and certain shows and movies. Of course we do. But there's also that point where we, where we have to, you know, have our, our conscience tuned um, where we say, you know, this probably isn't healthy. This probably isn't the best thing for me to be watching. And so we we can, you know, change the channel and find something that's better to watch. But we need to be putting good, healthy things into our mind. <clears throat> and as we keep moving forward today, we're going to talk about um, also the fact that in some cases, people are mentally ill. Ill. They deal with things in their mind. Um, you know, whether it's depression, whether it's anxiety, whether it's other other issues, and you go, go down the range of, you know, so many different things people deal with, whether it's on the scale of autism or other things, and uh, you know, wh- wh- where do we where do we fit on that thing? I mean, I've I've had so many people come to me over the last year and talk about the the dark cloud that settled over them during COVID. Uh, one person told me that they had. Um, you know, hadn't dealt with depression in five years, but last year with COVID in full effect, their business was affected, relationships were affected, their money was affected, and they had to call the doctor and get a, you know, prescription for their antidepressant meds. And they thought I was going to be disappointed in them. I said, man, you just do what you got to do. Um, you know, a chemical imbalance or whatever. I mean, there's other things we can do to help with depression, and I recommended some of those, but don't be afraid to take medicine if you need it. I mean, if, if there's chemicals out of balance, and often that's what it is, um, or other issues, you know, maybe going to the doctor is a very, very good idea. So don't be afraid to do that. But our minds, how healthy is your mind? Most of the time, we can go right back to what are you filling your mind with? If you want a healthy mind, you've got to fill it with healthy things. You can't be surprised if you're having negative thoughts, bad thoughts, impure thoughts, whatever, if all you're doing is filling it with bad stuff. And you know, our minds, our thoughts are always taking us somewhere. Um, Some experts estimate that we have 50,000 thoughts or more a day. And you know, what are we thinking about? Where are our thoughts taking us? And so let's make sure that we really take time every day and put God's Word inside of us 
go to church, hear great messages that are going to help transform the way you think, get around good people that are going to speak encouragement into your life and help you renew your mind. All right, well, don't go away. We'll be right back. Still got two other things to talk about, but I wanted to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Reflections on the Resurrection. Uh, The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead was the central message of the early church. It's not so much today. It's not that we don't hear about it, but it just seems to to have moved down the the ladder a little bit in importance. But the reality is, is the resurrection of Jesus from the dead is the single most important event in history. And apart from the resurrection, Christianity would cease to exist. If Jesus didn't physically rise from the dead, then Christianity is based on a lie and it would not exist. So um, as you can see, I, I think this is a very, very important topic. So this book, Reflections on the Resurrection, is, um, you'll hear me talking a lot about it at Easter, but this is really one of those books that we should be reading year-round. We look at some of the historical arguments that have come uh, down through the ages against the resurrection. We dispel those using the scriptures and also history. Um, We talk about the importance of the resurrection for the Christian. What does it actually mean? And, And then we actually look at what the resurrection doesn't just mean for us now, but what it also means for us for the future. So, Reflections on the Resurrection, it's educational, it's apologetic, and it's devotional. So by all means, check it out. Click on the link. You can read a little bit for free, and then click the buy button because I know you will enjoy it. All right, we're talking about spirit, soul, and body. How healthy are you? And today we're dealing with the soul. Um, So we've talked about our mind. Now, let's talk about our will, our mind, will, and our emotions, um, or the things that compose the soul. So your, your will is a part of your your soul. Um, you know, it's an interesting thing that <clears throat> God gave His creation a free will. He didn't have to do that. He could have made us obey Him. He could have made us follow Him. He could have, you know, really taken the, the power of choice away. But instead of doing that, God chose to place inside you and me one of the most powerful forces in the universe, and that is a free will. I mean, our will has the power to tell the God of the universe, no. We have the power with our free will to either reject or accept Christ. Now, of course, looking a little deeper theologically, there's also a work of the Holy Spirit here. But ultimately, if we truly believe that our wills are free, we have the power to say no. So as a Christian moving forward... And in looking at, 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 you know, my inner health, where does my will come into this? Well, you know, one of the, the most powerful things that any human being can do is surrendering our will to Christ. Um, it says in James that we need to humble ourselves before God. We need to submit ourselves to Him. We need to submit our wills to Him. Because it's our will where we find ourselves getting into so much trouble. We know God um, has commanded us not to do this, but I want to. We know the Bible says I shouldn't do this, but I want to. And so it comes down to my will versus God's will. And the most powerful thing we can do is 
submit our wills to Christ. And this doesn't happen overnight. It's the kind of thing that I find myself, even after being a Christian for 40-something years, um, I find myself every single day having to submit my will to Christ. Uh, Some days are easier than others, but it's an ongoing process of humbling myself before Him and acknowledging that He is the Lord. And that's really kind of what, what Lordship is. You know, when Jesus calls us to follow Him, when He calls us to be His disciples, we're accepting Him as Lord, and Lord means Master. And either He's Lord of all, or He's not Lord at all. Jesus doesn't say, well, you know, I'll take take your life on Sundays, but, you know, the rest of the week you can do your thing. No, no, we may have fooled ourselves into thinking that, but that's not that's not valid, that's not Bible, and it's not true. Um, Jesus wants every part of us. He doesn't expect us to be perfect, but He does expect us to constantly be submitting our wills to Him. So if you want to be healthy, if you want your soul to be healthy, we've got to be yielded. We've got to be on the the path of being yielded and submitted and learning how to submit our wills to God. And then the third component of our wills or, or of our soul is our emotions. We've talked about our mind, we've talked about our will, and then our emotions. You know, it's interesting because in the in the church, you've got extremes uh, on, on, on some of the, the, the more extreme evangelical sides of the church. Uh, emotions are downplayed. In fact, if you get too emotional, you're looked down upon. Um, you know, it's, uh, you're, you're, oh, you're in the flesh. Uh, when in reality, they, they're to, to, to hold that stance, they have to cut out a whole bunch of, whole big chunks of Scripture. Because when you read the Psalms, David was probably one of the most emotional men on the planet. Uh, and we find that he used his emotions to experience every facet of God's goodness. God gave us our emotions to, to, to be a blessing and to, to help us and to enjoy life. Uh, we're emotional beings. Of course, some are more than others, but we're emotional beings, and God has created us that way. But on the other extreme, there's other segments of, 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 of Christianity in which emotions are all there is. It's, 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 it's a crazy thing where they, they live uh, looking from, for, for one experience you know, right after the other, which is also very dangerous. But the reality is our emotions are not a GPS. They're not going to guide us through life. But they can be um, a warning light or, you know, in your car, you've got different lights that pop on when there's an issue. And sometimes our emotions can let us know if there's an issue, good or bad. And I think during this time of, of the last year and a half of COVID and lockdowns and all the other crazy things we're dealing with in society, people, um, I mean, just get on Facebook or Instagram or, or, or one of the social media platforms and you can see people are dealing with with their emotions. And it's a crazy environment. Um, you know, people getting angry over, you know, politi- you know, politics, people getting angry because somebody doesn't agree with their, their theology. And, and, you know, it's easy to get angry on, um, on social media, but sadly this stuff carries over into to real life as well. And so, so how do we deal with our emotions? Well, first of all, we go back to what we just talked about. We talked about our will. Our will is submitted to Christ. And, you know, part of being a mature human being is having our our emotions under control. You know, one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is self 
control. And emotions, and this is such an important thing to remember, emotions are not evidence. Feelings are not facts. And even in the church, I see too many folks who who are letting their emotions lead them around. They're upset about this cause, or they're upset about that cause, and everything has been colored through the lens of their emotions. And there's a time and a place for that, but is it truly grounded on Scripture? And that's what we have to come back to. But even then, one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is self-control. So do we have self-control in the area of our emotions? There's a verse in Proverbs that says, Like a city that is broken down and without walls is a person without self-control. You know, I've seen people absolutely self-destruct in life because they don't have any control over their emotions. They let their emotions take them down a dark path um, someplace where they shouldn't be going, and it ends up ruining their life. And, and, you know, we talked about depression a little bit, but depression, anxiety, and fear, these all come out of the emotional part of our life. And, you know, obviously there's there's people who are, you know, clinically depressed and, and need help and, you know, probably need some medication. For most of us, it's probably not that extreme. <clears throat> but we can let ourselves be lied to that, you know, this depression is never going to go away. This black cloud's always going to follow me around. And so, you know, maybe talking to a doc- doctor is a good idea. Maybe talking to your pastor is a good idea. Maybe getting, you know, talking to a Christian counselor, talking to a close brother or sister that can encourage you and, um, you know, help you. I've got a friend who's a, a psychiatrist who happens to also be a Christian. And the first thing that they ask is when someone comes in and they diagnose that they're dealing with depression, the first thing they ask is, or do you have an exercise program? Now, we're going to talk about the body next week, but this this is actually how everything ties together. We see, you know, we can't um, have one area without the other. And so the, the, the psychiatrist always says, hey, do you have an exercise program? Because a regular exercise program is one of the things that's going to help you beat depression. It's going to help you lift that black cloud off of you because when you exercise, you release endorphins into your body and into your brain that... Ha- promote well-being. They make you feel better. Um, the second thing that this, this Christian psychiatrist asks is, where are you serving? Where are you giving back to your community? Obviously, if you're in the church, there's plenty of opportunities to serve. But even if you're not a person of faith, there are opportunities to serve. Food shelters, food banks, uh, homeless shelters, uh, you know, adopt-a-pet shelters, whatever. But there's places to serve in society <clears throat> where you can give back. And what, what my friend told me is that Depression is very self-absorbing. We're looking inward. We're looking it's inside at our own issues. And the way that we break free from that is we begin to serve in some area <clears throat> and to begin to give back. Now, you know, one of the great Psalms in the Bible, and this is one I meditate on regularly, is Psalm 23. Now, you know, Psalm 23, that's the one you, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We know, we know the Psalm, but we usually hear it at funerals. But I want to encourage you, uh, this next week, is, is to spend some time there reading and meditating. Listen to the first four vo- verses. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Other translations say, I lack nothing. The other translations would say it like this. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Catch this. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
I just want to unpack two thoughts here. First of all, he restores your soul. <clears throat> We're talking about the soul this week. Another translation says he refreshes your soul. But either way, he wants to renew you. He wants to restore you. He wants to refresh you. Uh, he wants to restore and refresh your mind. He wants to restore and refresh your will and your emotions. And then the second part, you know, we talked about depression a bit. And this verse um, says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You know, I've dealt with depression, as many of you have. And it is, it's like a, 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 a black cloud. It's like this, this shadow, this dark shadow that he talks about here of death. And David seems to acknowledge that there are going to be times when we go through that. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. So I think that's part of, of, of what we need to deal with is understanding that God is with us, and that's by building a relationship with Him. We stay connected to Him, and we, we sense His presence even in this dark place. And that, of course, comes through faith and trust. Relationships are built on trust. So that's part of it. So um, Psalm, Psalm 23, I definitely encourage you to spend some time there. So just a quick recap, talking about our soul this week. How healthy is your soul? How healthy is your mind? How healthy is your will? And how healthy are your emotions? I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com and uh, leave me a question or comment. While you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter so that we can stay in touch. Next week, we'll be uh, jumping on to the, the body. We're done spirit, soul. Next week, we'll talk about the body and uh, share some thoughts with you that I think are very, very important. And I'll look forward to seeing you then on Leading and Learning. <laughs>